Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I'm joined today by my friends, Marcus. Marcus, how are you, man? I'm Greg. How are you? I'm fucking terrific. Don't you hear it in my voice? Leonard, my uh, co-host for these monthly manga reviews. Leonard, how the hell are you doing? I, I just, I'm waiting for depression to hit. Oh, you mean in regards to Vegeta getting uh, the eventual boning? You know it's yep. gonna be coming. You're gonna uh Yep. Getting ready for the oncoming depression. Yep, I've prepared myself. Word. I'm so ready for that depression. I've already hit it deep. So hit it deep. Sounded worse than I meant it. Listen, we're gonna talk about chapter seventy three, Goku versus Granola, uh, in just a few minutes. But uh we had bits of a couple bits of news in the Dragon Ball world this week that I thought it would be worth running through real quick. Uh the first of which was a uh, promotional animation that came out for the, I believe it's pronounced Anasi Festival. And that is basically uh, an animation festival in Japan. Uh, 60th anniversary, I believe. Did I say 60th? Well, if I didn't, I said it now. They made a Dragon Ball Super uh, quick little promo video. It's real cute. Just uh, Goku and his family checking out fireworks, Vegeta at a party. Looking awfully upset. I believe Trunks was on a boat of some sort. Um, and all of the animation was done in the Shintani character design style that we had in the uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. Boys, did you see this uh, animation and what did you think of it? Leonard, we'll go with you first. Uh, well, to tell you what happened or how I got to it was I went on Twitter and I saw it said, New Dragon Ball Super promo video. And, and you shit it. yourself. I shit myself. I, That's... I definitely did. I was in bed and I was like, I got out of my bed. I was like, this is it. This is the moment. We have been waiting for so long. And I was like, Kyle's going to be so excited. Everyone's going to be so excited. I'm going to have a raging boner that's going to last for a week, maybe two if possible. No, wow. I did not take Viagra. But I was... Hugely disappointed. Call it blue balls, I guess. And uh it was it was just straight up sadness. But I mean it looked great. It was yeah, beautiful. It was beautiful. Exactly. Marcus, what'd you think, dude? I liked it. I liked it for what it was worth. Any kind of new animation that we get, especially in that Shintani style, is top tier in my book. Uh I need more of that at all times. Mm -hmm. um, I think I said this in the discord uh, earlier this week, but I feel like that art style is perfect for Dragon Ball. It's a very light kind of almost a bouncy feel, but then it's impactful enough in those fight moments where it can really bring some viciousness. But it just in general, it's got this kind of lightheartedness to it that I really love. The lines aren't as sharp. It's not as aggressive to look at the entire time. Um, and I think the character designs are, are perfect. And that's what I want to see going forward is do they continue to use that Shintani art style or do they switch it up, maybe go with something else? I think they alluded to it uh, when the movie news dropped that they were going to try to do something maybe a little different. Um, but I hope that they stick with it. Yeah, so actually that did uh, come out and was confirmed this week as well, that they are going to be using that same art direction uh, with Shintani style for the next movie in 2022. That was confirmed. I'm 
not today, yesterday. So. Uh, I off, am a happy man. Hot off the presses, motherfucker. Um, as somebody who's been watching the early Dragon Ball movies a lot the last few weeks, like way more than I actually meant to, like I accidentally watched some of those early movies like three times over the course of four days. <sighs> man. Anyway, those podcasts are coming up real soon, right after the 4th of Kurai. That's the joke for my Portuguese friends. After the 4th of July, we'll be having those first uh, couple of Dragon Ball movies dropping. But um, as somebody who's been watching those very recently, a lot of the way or a lot of the words that you just used to describe the Shintani style, I feel kind of apply to the early Dragon Ball style as well. Like a little bit more round. It's a little bit less uh, harsh. It's a little bit less rigid. Uh, it is... It's almost like a reimagining of what that art style might look like. Like if Toriyama didn't ever um, get super, I don't know how to describe it. I guess uh, basically they have those Yamamuro character designs for what they use in the movies. And so much of that dictated what the uh, overall appearance was in the anime. Partially influenced the manga as well. I could have just made all that up. I don't really know. But in my brain, that's how they link. This could be like a reimagining of what that early Dragon Ball style would look like if it stayed consistently in that ballpark, um, you know, throughout the 15, 20 years through Dragon Ball Z. So I think it's pretty cool to see. I uh, am excited to see what this movie will look like. But that actually kind of perfectly brings us to our next little bit of news is that in uh, V-Jump this month with Chapter 73 for Dragon Ball Super coming out, they also gave us a little promotional scan. Uh, teasing the 2022 movie and it was uh, a picture of Broly you know pretty much prominently highlighted certainly no um, confirmation that he's going to be involved in this next film but you know he still could be we don't know and there was a little bit of a teaser or a tagline for it that that kind that's kind of meant to get us excited and wondering about what direction this movie could take um, basically something to the effect of a new history will be written in the theatrical Dragon Ball Z movie release, Dragon Ball movie release. So a new history will be written. That could mean a couple of things to me. Um, I'll go first. I don't know if you guys have any spitball theories, but thinking about it the last couple of days, uh, one, it could be an indication that they plan to have this movie take place outside of the canon for Dragon Ball Super Manga. That'll be the new timeline, quote-unquote. Two, there could be a story that involves some kind of time travel. Uh, Maybe that would involve future trunks. Or maybe something, uh, basically taking that idea and going one step further with it. Number three, what if they were to do a Super Dragon Ball Heroes movie? And it was like, the time patrol Goku and Vegeta running around with Goku and Vegeta from the Dragon Ball Super Continuity for those guys to uh, solve some kind of big time crime. Um, those those were some of my initial thoughts. Uh, Marcus, do you have any big brain ideas on what this could be? I'm, I'm all in on the idea of doing like a, a, a Dragon Ball Heroes type movie. Uh, don't Don't know if it has to be Dragon Ball Heroes. It could be even a Dragon Ball Super kind of spinoff, uh, like you alluded to with your first thought, um, where they, they kind of break off and do their own movie timelines. Um, but I, I like the idea of the feature films not really connecting to the, to the manga or to the anime itself. Um, 
because I think they, it gives them more creative freedom. The, the original Dragon Ball movies, the Dragon Ball Z movies, didn't interrupt the, the canonical timeline at all either. Um, you know, we got some cool things. We got some cool new characters and some, some interesting plot threads that, that came about, but they were very to the point and it was very action heavy. Uh, and that's what I like to see in the movies. I, and I'm not as familiar with other anime movies in general. Uh, I've seen the My Hero movies. Um, I know that they somewhat fit into the timeline. They're kind of referenced, but not really. Um, you know, some of the, the materials that they gain are kind of crossed over, but it's a very weird dynamic. And I want them to be able to have the creative freedom to do whatever they want. I don't want them to be shoehorned into a specific timeline where they have to create stories in certain, uh, with certain time frames. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but. No, but a movie where there's some time travel involved would allow them to operate outside of those realms for sure. I'm trying to look for the tweet right now in case you see me looking down on the screen. Um, somebody had pointed out on Twitter that in conjunction or like in relation to this entire um, movie campaign, the last time they did Dragon Ball Z Broly, or Dragon Ball Super Broly rather, they highlighted and re-released in the movies um, through fathom events here in the states uh and also did it in japan as well they re-released fusion reborn in the first broly movie in the theater so i believe somebody pointed out and i can't remember exactly which ones it was but i remember that one of them at least was the turles movie the tree of might um that was one of the movies that i guess somebody thought was considered featured or prominently highlighted within this ad and that could be an indicator as to if, if it's going to repeat at all based off of how they did it last time with re-releasing two old movies to be able to take two things that were very popular in the old Dragon Ball movies and bring them into a new one and make it popular. Maybe Turles could be one of those. Um, it kind of would make sense for the idea of them wanting to continue to expand the realm of Saiyans uh, within the universe, especially if they do. Uh, plan to maintain that this timeline is canon you know what i mean yeah i don't know I, you could do some things with universe six saiyans there as well uh, if they really wanted to explore that avenue true um, there's a lot going on uh leonard what do you, you got any crazy big brain nothing maybe i don't know i'm just fucking spitballing i'm grasping at straws man i don't know i I had a thought, but to me, I was like, eh, it made no sense. Um, my thought was that this would be like a very interesting way to bring Zamasu, in a sense, back. Because if you remember from the arc, that Zamasu did end up seeing Goku sw or switching bodies with Goku in a different timeline and then killing him and, you know, taking over his body for the rest of the time. Hmm. Um, they never really said when exactly, so it could be like a whole time loophole thing, whatever it may be. But it'd be interesting to see if maybe like I don't know, maybe he he's trapped Zamasu's trapped inside Goku's body for like hundreds of years or whatever, and went through like a different time warp sort of thing, comes back into the universe, and he's pretty much 
like in a sense, like I, I would like to incorporate it with your idea as well, where they do bring out Turles, but he's not necessarily Turles Sumasu using the tree of might. Oh, you think like Zamasu so really the idea of the tree of might? Yeah, so he could keep like a godly figure in a sense and yeah, something forever, like that. Uh, forever snacking on that god fruit. So I found the tweet. It says, um, uh, Yasin the magic man got no jams. Let's see who this is from. Uh, it is interesting that the Turles, Cooler, and Fusion Reborn movies are being promoted with this movie. The Bardock special, Fusion Reborn, and Z Broly were promoted for DBS Broly, so it makes me wonder. So that's the original tweet. So, uh, Turles, Cooler, and Fusion Reborn. So, will we get a Gogeta in the next movie again? Will we get Cooler? And will we get Turles? Uh, Turles and Cooler working together actually kind of makes a lot of sense, uh, mm -hmm. especially if you have Turles operate in that capacity of like Cooler's armored squad. Especially now that Vegeta, Goku, and Frieza have like this little trio kind of fucking chemistry going, accidentally, albeit. Um, that would actually kind of be a funny way to kind of flip it on its head because Kula and Frieza hate each other as well. Turles yeah. being his mean ass planet pirate self, trying to just plant the tree of might some. Ooh, did I just call? Will I be vindicated in next year, 2022? <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like the idea that that maybe that what they're trying to do with the with these super movies is pulling from the past uh they're they're taking all of those ideas that they had in the dragon ball z movies and and putting them maybe into the timeline um re-imaging them and putting them back into the timeline and trying to make some of those things canon um maybe that's what they're trying to do by reintroducing those concepts but refreshing them and doing them a little bit different um maybe they're trying to get those characters into this main universe what it makes me wonder is when the TV show does come back, right? Because the difference now is that the Broly movie is acknowledged in the manga, but it's like literally one page, like yep. maybe even just one panel. <laughs> and it's from a Broly promotional manga, but it's like stitched into whatever chapter that is to let them know that this happened. And then it launches into, you know, Galactic Prisoner Moro arc. Yeah. Um, before that, we'd wondered are they going to put the Broly movie into the manga or, you know, when the anime does come back, are they going to adapt that? Like they did the first yeah. two Dragon Ball uh, super movies. It's um, kind of makes me wonder, like when the anime does come back, will they readapt these movies and then do the arcs? Because if that's the case, right, you've got now a Broly arc that you could probably stretch into 10 to 15 episodes. You've got the planet eater Moro arc. And now you've got at least half of the granola arc. If you were to bring the show back tomorrow, um, that is uh, a decent amount of story runway. That makes me think that they don't plan to readapt the movies because they wouldn't, they wouldn't need it. I guess it's there if they need it, but I feel like maybe they're going to tie the two things together by meeting the anime manga and movie timelines, not by having one medium being retold in another but just kind of like acknowledging amongst the, th the three of them that the movies happened, this character was there and the potential for those characters from the movies to cross over in the anime will be like the thing that kind of keeps us uh, wondering if we'll get to see that. Uh, I could be yeah. completely off base with that, but it's something that I wonder about uh, what are we going to do with these movies when the show does come back? 
And we won't know until we know. We don't know until we know, says the Marcus man. He's old common sense man. And with the plan. Do it up. Do it up. All right, so let's do chapter 73. Goku versus Granola. I always want to just write his name down as G because, you know, Granola is a kind of a longish name to write when you're writing it versus Goku. So I say this basically every single month. Um, I'll give my initial reaction off the top for this chapter, but uh, what sucks about these especially action-heavy chapters is they give us several pages to go uh, get excited about a week prior, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, it's going to be a real action-heavy chapter. Go figure. We're in a Dragon Ball story? That's so strange. So we kind of already get a decent idea of what'll happen in the chapter. And then we know though, we have, they haven't given us everything a few days before the full chapter drops. They give us a little bit more and they're like, yeah, Vegeta is going to have to get in, involved and, and say these things to Granola and, and get excited. And by the time I see those last spoilers, I'm like, shit, what am I even going to read this chapter for? What am I going to learn? And usually there's something good in there that kind of, keeps me interested and i'm like oh shit i didn't expect that this month i don't think i had that moment like everything that happened i sort of expected to happen both through context of previous beats of the story and through these spoilers i knew goku was gonna get the fucking piss kicked out of him that said though the action sequences were done pretty fucking well they were very entertaining um i guess if i had to give it an overall like uh, you know one to ten i I'm going like a seven. This is a pretty, pretty fun chapter. Uh, Leonard, would you, would you give it on a one to 10? And what were your thoughts? It was a very solid chapter. Um, the paneling, the, the consistency of the paneling, the fights and everything was done in my, in my opinion, perfectly. They did it in a perfect way. And they were telling the story. I feel like in a way where it was, beautifully written to the point where dragon ball was like hey we know we've been like hyping something up here you go we actually give it to you now instead of giving you like 30 other chapters to read through and then finally getting to it good point but good point but that makes me think that you think this is already toward the end of the arc this is no it's not necessarily towards the end of the arc no this is like the end of act one of this arc yeah exactly and for me, it's like, I felt like there was a little bit of inconsistency, but I guess when we get to that point, I'll say my inconsistency. Okay. Uh, but it's mainly with Vegeta, and but I, I thought it was a pretty good chapter to the ending, so I give it a 6 out of 10. Word, bird. 6 out of 10. That's my friend. Marcus, what you got? I really like this chapter. Uh, I, I would probably give this chapter a, a 7.5 to, uh, to an 8 out of 10. Ooh, yeah i I actually really liked it i I liked the action sequences um i really liked that they gave us a new set piece um where they were battling it out in the forest area oh the forest mood of endor you mean yeah (laughs) they're copying star wars they're copying star wars at this point (laughs) dude i've said it a bunch of times in this arc they've they've lifted so many star wars ideas from like visual things or like little you know characters things like the fucking seven three clones and all that shit the dark trooper robots and yeah no they borrowed a bunch (laughs) the first two panels are basically them just on speeder bikes rolling through the trees so 100 percent. yeah i was like yo mark mark hamill carrie fisher is that you guys in a dragon ball comic book 
But I actually really liked it. Um, it's not something that we see in Dragon Ball very often. Usually it's a, a, a very barren wasteland, mountains, maybe a few trees here and there, but you never really get that densely populated forest area like that. So I was really interested that they changed the biome and they were kind of battling it out in this new area. And, th and that brought a different dynamic for Granola as well. We saw him use his scarf as almost like an Aizawa, it's my hero academia kind of thing yeah. or a Spider-Man kind of thing. You know, he was using his scarf sort of like a web for Spider-Man. So um, some of those influences definitely leaked through, but um, I, I thought the pacing as Leonard said was really good throughout um, that very action heavy at the beginning. And then it kind of gave us some dialogue and story progression towards the middle and then gave us something to look forward to at the very end. And I, I feel like they did a really good job of leaving me with something that I wanted at the very end of this chapter to look forward to for next month. So I thought overall this was a really good chapter and it was very strong. I give it an eight. So again, back to that Aizawa rap that you just mentioned, I thought the same exact thing. But what's even stranger is, again, watching these old Dragon Ball movies, watching that Sleeping Princess and Devil's Castle movie the other night, they fight this big, red, fat demon dude who... Actually, I'm convinced is the initial inspiration for the Bukujutsu sky dancing technique in Dragon Ball and is like the reason that Tien and Chaozi are able to levitate the way they are. This dude straight up takes these two big energy blasts, plants them under the fucking palms of his feet or palms, soles of his feet and chases Goku on his Nimbus cloud for like a solid five minute Looney Tune action sequence. It's hilarious. But that big motherfucker he first comes in with these two big balls uh, with like these sticks coming out of them. They're solid, you know, swinging them around, trying to smash Krillin and Goku with them, smash them with his balls. And he loses them eventually. But then he has the same kind of ribbon or wrap or whatever that Shoto Aizawa or Granola apparently has. And I was like, man, I, it's weird to see the Aizawa wraps in a movie from 1987 or 1988 or whatever. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did. Um, person who writes my hero is a huge fan, obviously, of Dragon Ball. Got a secret for he you, is, Leonard. Everybody is. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's funny because like people forget that. Like all my everyone thinks, oh, Superman. Nope, it's Goku. Nope, it's supposed to be Goku. And if you don't know what we're talking about there you should go check out the goku versus superman versus all my podcast from want to say like october ish 2019 maybe that's uh one of my favorite episodes we've done on super dope in a long time because those three characters are all muddled up all the all the time um and there is a definitive lineage and everyone just automatically connects all my and superman and i said no 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 Fuck that. There's a step in between, and his name is Son Goku. And you need to respect your elders. Toshinori Yagi. Super Dope Plus Ultra, now available wherever you get your podcasts. Kelly did a solo episode this week. She did a great job. Um, okay. 12 pages of straight-up action for this chapter in the first 12 pages, right? Um, we see the scarves. I can't believe we just went off on that much of a tangent on a scarf. And by we, I mean I. Uh, one thing that kind of irked me a little bit, especially when I read it the second time through is the idea of super saiyan blue with ultra instinct. 
So he transforms into that at the end of this 12-page action sequence and is like, hey, you can't fuck around with me anymore, pal. Watch this. And I was fine with it at first, right? I'm like, cool, Super Saiyan Blue and Ultra Instinct. That's great. And then he proceeds to get his ass whooped and he has to teleport away and eventually comes back as perfected or mastered Ultra Instinct, however you want to look at it, with the silver hair. And all I could think to myself was like, Okay, so we can't just call it Ultra Instinct anymore. We have to call it, we have to just uh, differentiate between Ultra Instinct and Mastered Ultra Instinct, even though I felt like we were maybe already past this, right? So now I've seen you use Super Saiyan Blue with Ultra Instinct, and I know that Perfected Ultra Instinct is better than that Super Saiyan Blue Ultra Instinct. So when am I going to see you use Super Saiyan Blue with Perfected Ultra Instinct was my first thing. And in my brain, that opened up an entire fucking chain reaction of a bunch of bullshit transformation combinations that eventually ended with Super Saiyan Blue with Perfected Ultra Instinct Kaioken times 20. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous to me, the fact that they had to go so far as to differentiate between those two things, and I hope it's something that they do not continue to do. Like, you did it the one time, let it be a step in, like, the progression of you know, perfecting this Ultra Instinct, perfected Ultra Instinct thing. You want to stack it on top of a Super Saiyan transformation? Very cool, that's fine. But, like, don't do it with two different versions of the Ultra Instinct. Like, it's one or the other, man. And don't give me two different transformations or don't open up the possibility of having those two different transformations, you know? I don't know. Would you? Did this irk anybody else as much as me or, or what? Probably I, not. I don't have a problem with it i have not had an issue with this from the get-go I, I think they did a really good job of distinguishing the ultra instinct as a technique not really much of a transformation now they're they're putting mastered ultra instinct as almost a full-on transformation but i would eventually i would venture to say that they'll probably flesh that out at some point um maybe not i would hope so but um i i don't get worked up over adding ultra instinct onto the super saiyan transformations at all me um, either but then to go so far as we, there's like a difference between ultra instinct because it used to be just like ultra instinct omen right and that was when he had the dodging and not the offensive capabilities and that signaled a progression in the mastery of this next transformation or technique or however you want to you know classify it right ultra instinct omen was that between thing and I was, even though I liked that transformation visually better than the actual silver-haired Ultra Instinct. I agree. I, I thought that that was going to be a one and done. They've since brought back Omen for some reason in the manga, just to kind of do the same things to sort of allude to the fact that he's not very good with perfected Ultra Instinct, I, I guess. But the fact that that remains a transformation that he might be able to tap into if he needs to at any given time, it's like. All right, am I gonna get a, a master? Am I gonna get an Ultra Instinct Omen with a Super Saiyan three? Like, I'm trying to think of like weird fucking combinations of things that it would make absolutely no sense to put them together. But the fact that this is this precedent that they're maybe setting, like an unnecessary precedent, maybe I, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with it. Leonard, you uh, you have any venom and, and hate to spit? Or are you all good in the hood too? Good in the hood um, makes it sound like it's a black person thing. My bad. <laughs> Well, definitely uh, something I was thinking about when you said about all those combinations that made me think about, for some reason, like, this is a fast food place. And it's like, welcome to Dragon Ball Toriyama. 
Can Dude, I get yeah. you a, a Super Saiyan Ultra int- Instinct with the side of the Kaioken fries? Do you want grilled <laughs> onions? Do you want raw onions? I prefer garlic. mushrooms? Yeah. I prefer we're garlic on the side. We're, we're basically a Taco Bell at this point. We have the same five <laughs> items, but we just if we package them in 20 different things. Exactly. Oh, man, I but, really want Taco Bell now that you brought it up, dude. Go figure. Me wanting a Taco Bell? Go figure. Get that Baja Blast. I'm actually not big on Baja Blast, man. I've got a Dime Mountain nice. Dew. I'll get a Dime Mountain Dew if I go there. I can't. I don't do very well with soda with sugar in it. My stomach gets all fucked. But uh, Dime Mountain Dew, I'll fuck with that all day. Shout out to Baja Blast. <laughs> Baja Blast, the freezy top tier. But um, I actually wasn't mad at this. I think. It's very interesting that they're doing it this way because I did. I mean, one thing I always go back to is whenever someone says, oh, like Ultra Instinct, like this, this and that, like, why is he using it with other forms? Well, we said for him, for Whis, he's always in it. For Goku, he treats it as a transformation instead of just letting it be like, this is him. This is. He's always in Ultra Instinct, like so. So, so like, so Weiss is also uh, Weiss. All right, well, I'll, I'm sorry, but you just made me think of something. I'll cut you off right there to say. So Weiss is always in Ultra Instinct, quote unquote. Then someday, if Weiss ever has to fight another angel or like El Padre Grande or some such shit, and then he goes into mastered or perfected Ultra Instinct, we'll notice the white hair that Weiss has gets silver, and he gets crazy fucking stronger than he already is, like because. If that's the way that we're going to classify these two things, I I can I almost think, get behind that, but I don't know if Goku intends to... I don't think they're going to gonna do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I think the reason why is because if you think about it, the way that they put it for Whis already and for the other angels is that they're always in Ultra Instinct. They don't want to fuck with that and say, okay, now we have match, mastered Ultra Instinct or Ultra Instinct 2 or... Ultra Instinct 2.5, no, whatever it may no, be. No, 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 but... no. But for them to be able to say we're always in Ultra Instinct and then just to have them be like super passive and just trying to eat gelatos and shit and then have another level they kick it up to when they have to get serious and actually fight, which is something we've not really yet to see, which I don't know if we ever will see. I mean, we we saw a tiny bit. I mean, Mira. Broly movie. Yeah, Weiss just was throwing up pinkies and shit. Like, leave me alone. Exactly. He's... And El Padre Grande broke up the fight between a couple of gods of destruction, you know, leading up to the Tournament of Power with basically the same fingers, you know? And we got to see Mira's fight, Moro. That's true, Mira's but... Was, he was an angel in training, but... Yeah, in... with a terrible fucking haircut, but to boot. Come on, don't hate on the haircut. No, haircut sucks. Worse than my I haircut. had one. Well... I'm sorry, your parents. That's why we call you Miris Woods. <laughs> I forgot that we used to. Oh my god, dude, that was like a one month thing. We let it go. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, I guess you just got renamed in the Discord. <laughs> Shout out to Reese for bringing that back. Oh, um, Miris Woods, great call, Reese. Reese is on like a party boat or something right now. With he's probably drinking. He's just like, I heard it. <laughs> yep. He's always just drinking something, but he's got excuses this week because. He's got friends visiting from out of town, so yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll catch up with him next month. But uh, Miris Woods, yeah. If you want to join the Discord? There's a link in the show notes. Yeah. Go go talk shit with us and call Marcus Miris. It's fun. Yeah, and at me as Dispo because I'm fast as fuck. Yeah, fast as fuck, boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Word. All right. Well, I'm glad that you guys aren't as upset about this uh, as I am. I'm sure that I'll learn to deal with it. But also, like, bruh, I'm fucking oh, by I, too many toys already. Wait, you got something else, man? I didn't even finish my thought, though. Oh, my bad. But what I, I was trying off. to say. No, it was good. Um, But what I was trying to say was that I think what they're going to do is that Goku's still trying to treat it in a sense like it's an actual form. Because think about it. He's still doing it in the context of, oh, Super Saiyan, okay, uh, Super Saiyan God, but with Ultra Instinct. Super Saiyan yeah. with Ultra Instinct. Like, and he's still Vegeta training. does make a comment like that, like, yo, you're going to get your exactly. ass whooped if yeah. you keep thinking about I think it was last chapter he says that to him. Exactly. And in this moment, or where the chapter ends, it sort of brings that perfect mark where, literally and figuratively, that Goku's like, Shit, I I realize I'm in the I did this for too long. I need to stop being Goku and take it serious. Yeah. And I think what they're gonna do is eventually bring it to the point where it says there's gonna be like a omen and a mastered. Is that it's just gonna be, you know what? This is ultra instinct. Like Goku's gonna it's gonna be a badass thing where he's fighting whoever or whatever's gonna happen at the end. He's gonna be like, This is ultra instinct and Call it a day and all that. I hope so. I hope that they kind of solidify like the steps in between and just be like, yo, either you use an ultra instinct or you're not. None of this mastered regular ultra instinct, ultra instinct dolman. You want to use it on top of a super saiyan, super saiyan form? That's fine, but figure out your ultra instinct, son. That's what I'm really hoping for. Um, this actually ends up kind of costing Goku in this fight because eventually him and Granola. Uh, come face to face. Uh, he gives him a big old Kamehameha to his thorax. Uh, at the same time, though, Granola does hit one of his vital points and knocks his ass out as well. So it's not quite a double KO, but I would say Goku got the worst of it, um, especially considering what we learn about Granola uh, a little bit later in the chapter. Um, Goku does let them know that, you know, this happened because I'm not used to having Ultra Instinct in the Super Saiyan form. Um, still getting used to it. Or whatever, and Granola basically vows to, um, you know, get his revenge on the Saiyans. And Goku's like, Nani, like, looks kind of confused to learn that his intentions are revenge against the against the Saiyans. But uh, the fight continues, and this is probably the next notable thing I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on. He vows his revenge, and he's gonna kill a motherfucker, obviously, because he's you know. The villain, right? And he uses this technique that is very similar to what Planet Eater Moro used eventually when he fuses with the Earth and just has this huge, big blast of energy like shoot up out from anywhere randomly in the Earth. Granola does that, uh, just has this big old blast uh, erupt from underneath Goku and shoots him, propels him up toward the sky. Um, Goku's in, I believe, Super Saiyan Blue Ultra Instinct at that point. Or, yeah, he is. And he's at the top of that blast, and he uses an instantaneous movement to lock onto Vegeta and teleport back to Vegeta, standing in the midst of a, a big uh, footprint. I'm going to say, like, monkey paw, but that's not it. It's a, I guess it's a Ozaru footprint. Not a monkey footprint, because monkey footprints would be much smaller, right? He uses instantaneous movement to lock onto Vegeta and teleports back there. Um, and he says to him, like, yo, that move was just like Moro's. That was so strange. 
So when I first saw it visually, I thought the same thing, like, wow, that's almost the exact same visual cue that they used in the last arc when shit got real with Morrow. Hopefully this isn't some kind of uninspired recycling going on here. Turn the page, perfectly paced, plotted out chapter this month, in my opinion. Turn the page and they say the same thing, like, that was Morrow's move. So it makes me think that it's definitely intentional. And I think, I don't know, I have this big brain far-fetched theory that basically due to the wish that Granola made with this two set of Dragon Balls that we don't really know, you know, what kind of powers they do or don't have or whatever. I'm thinking that this wish might work in a way in which, um, you know, if somebody else achieves some level of power in the universe, Granola also has that plus more. And that would explain to me, this was my theory going back to last month or the month previous where he's teleporting faster than Goku and has literally no idea why. Like, he he can't explain it either. He's just kind of doing what he's doing. Um, A lot of what they kind of, I think, kind of convolutes this idea is the fact that he's got this sniper eye so he can, like, see everything in super slow motion and identify vital points and all that. But I do also wonder if especially when he uses a technique like Goku's teleportation and now Planet Eater Moro's like enveloping from the fucking ground blast or whatever the heck it would be called. I don't know. It makes me think that there's some kind of breadcrumbs there that we're supposed to be following. I could just be looking a little bit too strongly at some Dragon Ball manga. Always a possibility as well. Um, what did you guys think of the comment that Goku makes about it being a Moro move? Yeah, I didn't really read too much into it. I, I know that it's there for a reason. Um, what that reason might be is, it's kind of lost on me. I, I didn't really put two and two together, to be honest with you. I, it was just kind of a throwaway line for me. Um, but all at the same time, now that you've referenced back to him using the instantaneous movement, the instant transmission before, and uh, it was even faster than Goku, he said, wasn't really sure why he was able to do it or how he was able to do it. You know, that's, and then they have this move that's similar to Moro's. That's, I'm not exactly sure where they're trying to go with that, but maybe you're, you're onto something by saying that he, you know, he, he absorbs kind of the, the abilities of the strongest person with this Dragon Ball. And not only is he getting the power level, but also the abilities that go with it. Could be a possibility. Uh, Leonard, you got any big brains on this one? Because I feel like my uh, my red string's out in full effect and I'm ready to call up John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. Um, the only thing I really have is just that maybe they're just trying to say, hey, this dude's powerful and comparing him to Moro in a sense, yeah. like with just one move. Like It seems like the kind of easy way out to just say, yeah, he's strong. Like, you don't necessarily, I feel like with Dragon Ball, you don't necessarily have to do that. You could just do it by showing the actions of what the character is doing. Um, you don't necessarily always have to be like, oh, look, he did this move. He's strong. Or look, he did this. He's strong. Like, you don't have to do that. You can just have two people fighting and he does a very critical move. Like, for example, like hit. And honestly, now thinking about it, I think granola is more like hit because if you think about it, especially with the with the way the chapter ended and the f- almost finishing blow to Goku, almost very similar to hit. Yeah, 
uh, you know, he's in vital strikes, pressure points, you know, vital points. And that was hits entire arsenal outside of his time skip. Yeah. But he used it, used the time skip to hit vital points. So, yeah. I mean, plus they're also both assassins. So, or I, I get, well, yeah, Granola is an assassin. So I guess here and there type of things, but. Dude, how dope would it be? I know this is probably never happen. This is like my one in a million fucking theory wish come true. Like my make a wish foundation dream is to have hit written into this arc at some point. Like Goku oh, gets yeah. killed for real. And Vegeta's I just thought like, the same thing. Yeah. Like how cool would it be if Hit was like the only guy that was able to be faster than Granola because of his time skip, you know? That'd be dope. Super dope. But I doubt that would happen. Right. So I won't get too excited about it. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll see what happens with the idea of these two motherfuckers or this one motherfucker having like the entire arsenal of powers and abilities and feats or whatever that our heroes and even previous villains have. I, I probably just got my tinfoil hat on, but I feel like there's a reason they keep giving us these little breadcrumbs oh i don't know why i'm moving this fast it makes no sense to me it could just be that it could just be like we don't want to explain it we're i'm a kira toriyama motherfucker i don't have to it could just be that but, but i hope but it I isn't also, i also thought that some of that especially the the fast movement you know not really understanding why he was moving so fast he's not used to the strength that he possesses right now you know he he, he made a wish and so he's not really sure how strong he actually is until he puts it into action um, and it, maybe not, maybe he actually does have a pretty good idea of how strong he is, but I mean, we see Goku and anytime they get into a new form or a new transformation, they kind of have to test out their strength and their power because he's not really sure of what his limitations are yet. Um, and maybe that's what they're alluding to here. He's, he's extremely powerful, but he doesn't really know his own limit. Um, could could definitely just, be that as well. Yeah. Um. Okay, so he instant transmissions. I I go between the two. That's what I do now. I just go between two terms for the same thing. The instantaneous movements. That's not proper grammar, Kyle. The fuck. The instantaneous movementings. Back over to Vegeta. And he says to Vegeta this moral comment, and then he morals. Uh, excuse me. Vegeta's like, hey, I think I know what I. I think I know what's going on here. Standing in the middle of an Ozuru. Ozer. Ozor. There's another Ozaru. word I can't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know what it is. Tell my mouth how to say it, Leonard. Go ahead. Ozar. Ozor Uziru. Congratulations. Ziru. Oh, no, I didn't. I did it very poorly each time. Anyway, Ozaru. I'm standing in the middle what? of a goddamn Ozaru footprint. I think I figured out what happened here. And he tells Goku Kakarot about. The uh, the stories that he heard when he was a child about a tribe of snipers that Saiyans were hired by Frieza to exterminate. This uh, tells them about the right eye and their ability to, um, you know, hit the vital points or whatever. Like basically, Vegeta pieces together that this dude is the last survivor of a planet or, or a race that the Saiyans exterminated to be able to sell the planet for Frieza. And uh, Goku's like, "That's great." Anyway, I have perfected Ultra Instinct. I still haven't tried that. <laughs> I think he actually says 
Ultra Instinct at full power to Vegeta. And then the next, he turned the page and he's just, boom, right back in front of Granola. And he's got the silver hair going, presumably. The silver hair going in that form. Um, and he's like, hey, this is perfected Ultra Instinct. What's up? Anyway, I can't hold this form for very long, so I gotta whoop your ass real quick, okay? Don't give me any, don't guff around at all, sir. I'm gonna catch you real quick. And then he needs to kick the shit out of Granola right in the face. Dude, some of these hits in this chapter, especially this sequence, you can just feel them. The look, the reaction on Granola's face as he's just getting the shit pounded out of him. At a certain point during this ass whooping, and I want to ask this question to you guys because I don't remember firmly. It's going to happen in the Broly movie. I don't know. Um, he uses some kind of telekinesis to effectively just hold Granola in the air and then just deliver like a million punches, like with the energy bursts, you know, punches them out and just pa 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 pa. But like it was the telekinesis freezing dude in the air thing that kind of took me off guard. Is this the first time we've seen him do that with this technique or is it not? I don't know. So I think this is the first time we've seen him use it with Ultra Instinct. But he used something similar in his his Super Saiyan God, the red form in the Broly movie where he encapsulates Broly, stops him dead in his tracks, and then punches him, you know, knocks him away, um, which is really similar to what he does here. Granola is attacking him from behind, and he just he puts his hand up uh, across his body around his other shoulder and stops Granola's attack from his backside and then brings him up and over his head and has him upside down and then punches him. So it's a very similar move to what he did in the Broly movie. Hmm. Okay, so I just wanted to see if this was something that we had some kind of precedent for in terms of beats, or um, if this was like a, a you know a new accomplishment of his power or whatever. But I guess it's kind of tough to tell from um, you know the medium of, of a manga based on like how he's suspended in air. Like there could be energy there that I just you know it's just like a couple of lines that I didn't notice. I don't know. Uh, okay, word. I just wanted to make sure that I asked somebody about that because I thought it was notable and I wrote it down. Um, oh, also one thing I kind of skipped over, um, Vegeta also pieced together with his, uh, his knowledge, uh, Oil and Maki have obviously been lying to them about, uh, the pretenses of which to get them to this planet. So also the big dude who I believe is Oil, I think, I think he's Oil. He hears it because he's got the, uh. I don't know, some kind of yeah. creeper creeper chip on them, up in their boots or something, listening to their conversations like a creep, creeper chip in your boot. Just wanted to make sure we pointed that out. Um, okay, so Goku goes back to uh, Mastered Ultra Instinct, goes back to Granola, whips the fucking shit out of him, and eventually hits pause on the discussion and says, hey, not even the discussion, he hits pause on the ass whooping. Say, hey, man, you want to, uh, you want to talk? We don't have to keep fighting. This drove me crazy because you already established at the beginning of this fight that you cannot hold this form for very long and you're going to have to end it very quickly. You just came out strong with a hell of an ass whooping. And now you've silenced or you've, you've stifled your own momentum for the sake of trying to do the Goku thing of turning your villain into a good guy 
and we're nowhere near the end of the arc. Why are you wasting everyone's time, Goku? Just whoop some ass, please. Um, did this make anyone else want to uh, kick Goku in the head? And how harp- how happy were you when Granola said, nah, fuck you, son, I want revenge? <laughs> no, look, I-, I thought it was super appropriate because he says he needs to end the fight quickly, which in Goku's mind, as he's just absolutely kicked the shit out of Granola, Granola is laying on the ground completely beaten. I think Gr- uh, Goku thinks that he has beaten Granola. Like, this, the fight is over. He's not getting up. He's not a threat to him anymore. So Goku's doing his thing that he does to all of the villains when they're no longer a threat. He then tries to make amends, tries to be friendly with them. I think that's what they were getting at. And then we get the twist. Stupid ass Goku. I think I'm just mad at everybody today. Which par for the course with how I feel about things. Goku, you fucking asshole, idiot, dope, stupid. Like like how I just said all that shit about Goku. Because I'm on the Vegeta train for real right now. This is it. This is our time, son. This is our time. So, uh, yeah, Goku does his stupid Goku thing. Go figure. How do you do this to me? Go figure. And then he finishes off what we think is uh, going to be the end of Granola, right? And suddenly, Vegeta's like, huh. That didn't, uh, doesn't feel like it's over. Could have sworn Kakarot just finished this up and I was about ready to go home. But strangely, this dude's power is still around. And he puts it together that the real Granola is sitting in his GD spaceship. Like, right over there, somewhere, pretty far over there, but... And, and we piece it together that uh, Granola... Granola, I mean, thankfully, Granola is very uh, forthcoming with the details about his plans as well, which I, I kind of like. You know, Goku's, like, telling him how his shit works. Granola's telling him how his shit works. Like, they're having a workshop as they beat the shit out of each other. Granola lets him know that he took or, or like, separated off a piece of his own energy to make a clone to go and fight the Saiyans because he figured that that would be enough to take care of them. And he, uh, he miscalculated with his plan. Goku's like, yeah, man, you miscalculated. It's cool. We can all be friends. He's like, no, 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 no. I didn't say that I've lost. I said I miscalculated. My bad. You better fuck off with that lost shit. He didn't understand. He's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) Goku is legitimately like confused by this statement. And then the second they have this little exchange, Vegeta pieces together that, you know, what Granola just shared with Goku. Split off of, you know, the real one is over there in the spaceship. And he yells it to him. Vegeta yells it to Goku, Kakarot, the other one's in the spaceship. And Goku, in his, the midst of his confusion, is like, what? I don't under... Boom, he's dead. Or not Almost. dead. Basically dead. The Critical granola, condition. The Granola from the spaceship did his instantaneous movement, even faster version of it. Over to Goku, hit his vital point while he's asking Vegeta, what are you talking about? Boom, he's on the ground. And that's the end of Goku. He got dropped twice in this chapter. Three times if you count the Sensu Bean last chapter. So, yeah. Gee, it's not going very well for you, buddy. Um, But, you know what that means? Time for Vegeta. Vegeta, step in and do his thing. So, Vegeta... 
it's been something that's been teased, especially in the moral arc. We thought it would have been very poetically fitting if he had been the one to defeat Frieza and the Fukatsu no F movie. No such luck. Um, we thought it would be cool if he'd be the one to defeat Moro because he went out and learned the spirit fission technique to be able to separate out the energy. He didn't beat Moro, but he was pretty integral to actually, you know, helping the final thing come out the way it did. Um, the way in which they've set this up, especially with these little pieces of dialogue at the end of this chapter, I realize that it definitely could just be them getting me excited to pull the rug out from under me again for the fucking millionth time. I, I do understand that this is a, a very strong possibility, but I do like the fact that two things happen here, okay? The first one, my buddy Craig Leonard pointed out, Vegeta steps in and does his thing, and he's like, he does his thumb thing. And he's like, ah, oh, you knock this fucking idiot out? All right, well, now I'm your guy that you're going to be fighting. His thumb thing, though, usually points to him. It says, I'm the one you'll be fighting now. He pointed it out that it's noticeable that instead of the thumb pointing to him being like, I'm your opponent, his thumb's pointing off to Goku being like, you just beat that idiot. Big, big deal. Now you have to fight me. I just thought it was a, a, a notable little um, tip of literally the hand here with how his thumb fucking works, right? Um, the other thing that is noticeable to me is the way in which this dialogue goes down is Vegeta's already figured out the plan for revenge, knows that he wants to, you know, wipe out the rest of the Saiyans and have them be, um, you know, the person to... He wants to be the person to, you know, fully eliminate the people that wiped out his tribe, right? Now, the dichotomy between these two, right, is Granola is the only survivor of his tribe. Goku and Vegeta are the only survivors of the Saiyan tribe, at least, you know, according to Granola, there's Goten and Gohan and Trunks back on Earth. But whatever, it doesn't matter. The idea that they're going to be fighting for the survival or like, not the survival, but like, they're going to be fighting the extinction of their race on either side of the coin is really interesting to me. And to have Vegeta already had foregone the opportunity to take revenge on Frieza, the person who arguably completely ruined his race, uh, he destroyed his home planet and, you know, 99.9% .9 of the Saiyans. To have Vegeta kind of have this other opportunity where He's facing a, uh, a foe so great whose only mission in life is to destroy the Saiyans and wipe them clean from the universe and have him be the hero to step up and stop that villain. It would be a great payoff for this arc. It would be a great payoff for Vegeta, a long overdue payoff for Vegeta. But it would also really kind of make sense. You know, it would be well-deserved. Uh Leonard, uh, any thoughts on all the bullshit that I just rambled on? Well, um, I personally think it's just going to be the Goku show again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Punked for the 798th time. We're going to be getting uh, Kyle and the Super Dope fam this week. Yeah. Oh, you thought Vegeta was going to win? Guess what? No, he just got a hole through the heart again. Exactly. Every time and... This time, I mean, do I feel a little bit hopeful? Yeah. But is it because I'm a hopeful optimistic? A hopeless op optimistic? Yes. I'm very much so. 
I'd say I'm more hopeful than Optimus Prime himself. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I will say this. The whole the whole hand gesture thing, maybe he has maybe your friend has something to it. To me, I I don't care. It's Vegeta's gonna get slumped again. I'm gonna be sitting here being depressed and just wondering when I'm gonna get a Vegeta win moment. And that will happen as likely as Vegeta getting his own show. I don't know, man. I think it's notable that Vegeta has this whole differentiate. Oh, that's another actual uh example of um you know, granola copying the feats of the people in universe when they make a comment last chapter that he's got the Hakai. Basically, what he does is the equivalent of a Kai. Because uh, Vegeta can comment on it because he knows how to use it. But the differentiation of the training that Goku's getting and the training that Vegeta's getting, the constant commentary about, you know, why are you fucking around in that form? It's distracting you, blah, 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 blah. And Vegeta to be able to come in quiet, confidently, maybe use his God of Destruction training to put an end to this person. I. I don't know. Um, the possibility of that is it seems more likely than ever. It, but it's also kind of a graduated version from what we had going on in the Moro arc, too. Like he learned a new technique with planet, the fission, spirit fission thing. So it could just be another, you know, thought up version of that. Um, one thing I did think of uh, that I wrote down here, I didn't ask you guys. When he says that he, when Granola says that he borrows power from himself or like pulls power off of himself to be able to make a copy because he wants to keep his true body fresh for Frieza, um, which by the way, we'll get there in a sec. Do you guys think that there is um, any kind of repercussions, repercussions to making these clones? Like we know that he had to condense his remaining 150 years to be able to like have his body be able to handle this new power that he's got. Now he's got about three years left of his life to be peeling off basically pieces of power, chunks of his power to be able to make copies of himself. Is that taking away from his three year timeline at all? Or am I thinking about this entirely too much? I think that's logical. Uh, I think, I think that's a logical statement. Uh, I think it, the technique that he's using is very reminiscent of like a multi-form technique. You, you, yeah, split you form. Split yeah, off. for sure. Yeah, when you split off, you're losing, you know, your strength in all of your forms, but, you know, you're able to do multiple things. Um, I think he's just kind of perfected that to where he can just split off a very small amount of, of his power at this point. You know, I don't necessarily know if, you know, the amount of power that he pulled off, we, don't, we still don't know the extent of his, of his power in general. So we don't know if what he did split off is half is it a quarter is it a 16th you know we we don't really know so uh, but i do think it is a logical conclusion to come up with the idea that that splitting some of that power off will have a negative impact on him later on yeah whether that be through the power that he's got access to when he finally fights somebody else in his real body vegeta coming up next month presumably or if it shortens the amount of time that he's got to be able to uh, utilize his power leonard what do you think dude also, why are you in the dark? I, I miss you. I want to see you so much better. Ah, uh, work. Hard. Turn, to turn a fucking light on? Yeah, so hard. Cool poster. Uh, yeah, man. I have to reach my arm. It looks weird. It looks like I'm doing something that was done, you know, when there was a guy with a smaller mustache and stuff, so I didn't want to do that respectfully. Anyways. Respectfully. <laughs> um, But I... I don't necessarily know what to think of that. Um, I, I, 
kind of agree with Marcus or sorry, Miris Woods at this point um, in regards to that. But I don't think it really has a negative connotation or at least not yet. Yeah, I, I mean, we think, have to see how his true form deals against Vegeta next month and right. see if he makes some kind of comment like, oh, I gave too much power to that other clone or whatever, you know? Right. But I think the way that they may play it out is they will put it to a point where maybe Vegeta and him are really fighting and everything seems to be going well. And then uh, all of a sudden, Frida's free. Wow, Frida, Frieza. Yeah, Frida Carlo. Frida the Frieza. <laughs> Frieza is on the planet and he's l- looking at the the Cyrillian and saying fight. Yeah, so that actually kind of brings me to uh, what I think might be a recurring segment for the next few months. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. But it's called... Hey, where the fuck Frieza at? Boy, shut your mouth! What did I tell you about making all that daggone noise? Because, again, we have not seen Frieza in the manga since the tournament of power man all right he was not involved in moro at all he's been referenced very heavily in this granola arc um he broly you know he was in that story but that wasn't really in the manga so much so that doesn't really count um what has jude been getting up to is he gonna show up where the fuck's he at who has a guess i don't think he shows up you don't think he shows up at all? You just think he's think referenced he and this whole fight happens in his honor, basically? I really, I don't think he shows up at all. I think he is just the name and the catalyst that drives everything else that's happening. So there, he has a connection to the heaters. He's got a connection to the Saiyans and a connection to the Cerulean. I think that's it. I think he is just the, the one thread that ties them all together. And it's just his name could be it but i'd also like him to sh- i'd also like for him to show up with like a crazy new more powerful army like a oh, new version of like the ginyu force been, and then there's like a fucking planet damning thing going on his ass off or something you know maybe he comes could in be. with you know a whole different this is silver freezer yeah he comes in platinum freezer or whatever you know <laughs> who knows Bling 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 ching ching bling bling he just has he just literally has a bunch of chains on him I am platinum Frieza. I feel yeah. like Frieza's the type of person that would just go and say the N word with the hard R out of nowhere. <laughs> Frieza shows up with just a grill. <laughs> and he just, <laughs> just uses the N word like it's nothing. His name is Frieza. He's iced out. He's showing up with a diamond chain and a grill. Exactly. Okay. So Marcus thinks he won't show up at all. I think that he's going to show up and bail out his Saiyan buds. And Leonard thinks that he's going to show up decked out in chains and in grills. That's not my uh, racist projection onto Leonard's uh, stereotype. Uh, it's not no, my racist projection onto your answer. That's actually what you said. So. And, he, and he goes around saying the hard R like it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> I mean, get away he, with calls, it. he calls them monkeys all the time. He's like, monkey, monkey, monkey. You think that the royal family don't walk around dropping casual M-bombs in Buckingham Palace? Oh, Frieza no, is basically Space Queen Elizabeth. So. See, Vegeta is like King Vegeta and then Prince Vegeta the third. See, there's a difference, but King Vegeta, he's the one who's like, yeah, you know, like those things are true, but I'm not going to say it. Prince Vegeta's like, I don't give a fuck. 
I'm gonna call you racist. I'm gonna call you racist. I'm gonna be racist to my own race. Y'all racist, and I'm racist. <laughs> wow, we're talking a lot about racist, racism, racisms. What about what about Namekians? Are they black people too? I didn't say they were black people. Oh, I don't know. I'm asking, man. I'm asking. I'm trying to get some clarification. Namekian uh, are green people. They're people who are the color green. They are oh. Namekians. Ah, it's my fault. I'm colorblind. I'm just glad I was able to wake you up. Now your third eye is open. You're TN now. Congratulations. You went from Kyle the farmer with the shotgun to Kyle as TN. Woke as fuck. Where do I get my little baby chowtzu to eat the endromorphin whatever? Oh, you already blew him up. You already blew him up, so too late. Oh. That was Yo, speaking of Tien and Chowtzu, actually, perfect segue. And that's the end of our segment called... uh, Hey, where the fuck, Freezen? Boy, shut your mouth! But uh, speaking of Tien and Chowtzu, the next movie that we're watching in the Discord for the live streams... I believe it's going to be this coming Saturday. What's the date on Saturday? Anybody? The 25th? Is that right? 26th. 26th. All right. So Saturday the 26th, if you're hearing this on Thursday, we're going to be doing our next Discord live stream for a Dragon Ball movie. We're going to be watching uh, Dragon Ball Mystical Adventure, which is a reimagining of the introduction of Tien and Chaozu. And the Red Ribbon Army, and Tell Pai Pai, and the Crane Hermit, and all that shit. So, uh, Saturday night, we're shooting for that one. I watched it the other night. Some real wacky shit, but I'll tell you one thing that is intact. It's the love story between Tien and Chaozu. It's fucking adorable. So, if you're not on the Discord, the link in the show notes, go join. We had some guy join this week who's been a long-term listener. Goes by the name of Cygnus. But, uh, and that's not like, that's not like to be confused with a disturbed song, "The Sickness." Oh, are you down with the sickness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. It's like sickness, like C Y G nuss. Look, I'm down with sickness. But like, I'm doing a pretty good job at figuring out who's who. You know, like at least people giving me names if they want. I'm down with Ligma. Yeah, good one, Leonard. I haven't heard that fucking thing way too many times over the last two years. Anyway, I'm yeah, trying to no figure problem. out who this. I figure out this dude is. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Do we know you from any of the groups? He's like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, word. Uh, how'd you, hey, how'd it's you me find Goku? How'd you find the group? He's like, I just been listening to your show for a really long time. I'm like, ah, oh, cool, man. All right. Hey, see it's every- me, Goku. See, everyone else got fucking first names in here. Let us know who you at. Who watch, you him at? Be, watch him be like Sean Shemmel. It's not. It's not, it's not Sean Shemmel. Sean Shemmel had actually nothing but mean things to say to me when I met him in person. So that's why we raffled off his pop that year at Comic-Con for our trivia contest. Oh, um, all right. That's basically gonna. Oh, yeah. Join the Discord. All right. Link in the show notes. Segments. Tell us who you are. Oh, oh, that's going to be it. Okay. Uh, Guys, any final thoughts uh, for chapter 73 or before we wrap it up here? So before we get out of here too far. I do have one thing that I wanted to go back uh, to the very ending where we saw Vegeta uh, <laughs> in saying that he was bringing uh, the Cerulians into extinction. And I think we are missing one important parallel that's on throughout this entire thing. Vegeta has been 
training under the god of destruction. Vegeta then tells the Cerulean that he is going to be putting the Cerulean's into extinction. This is the next step in Vegeta becoming a destroyer. But to destroy your whole fucking race, I don't care if there's only one of you, you granola bitch. Watch this. How could it's, I- it's, he's basically going to be destroying the entire race without having to blow up a planet. What a guy. Baby steps, you know? On the road to being a Hakaishin, you gotta make sure you take the baby steps in between. You you, you know, you erase a race, but you don't erase a whole race all at once. You erase, like, one dude who's, like, the lone survivor of his race, and then you get that merit badge, and then next time it's, like, there's a village of fucking, you know, survivors that your people fucked up, you know, the rest of their population, and there's only, like, five of them left. Now you gotta go erase all five of them, and then you just work up incrementally to being... You know, Lord Beerus's replacement, and then he retires or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And do we still have any idea who Oatmeal is and all of this? Ah, I was thinking the same thing earlier, actually. I didn't write it down, but is Oatmeal a drop plot thread? Is it meant to just be the, the AI in his head that a bunch of us considered early on? Or are we meant to forget about him and see if he shows up or her? Or I don't even know if we got a confirmation on the on a gender, but yeah. What the fuck up, Oatmeal? Where you at? Where the fuck maybe, oatmeal at? Maybe he's with Raisin. Mm. I don't think that's the joke, man. And then they it. could be with another friend called Cookie. They're they're a great triplet. Ah, oh, man, Leonard. All right, word. We're gonna finish this shit up. Uh, how's the song go? It goes. Uh, make sure you check out Leonard on the NPC Pod. Go check them out wherever you get your podcasts. Marcus, you're pretty much just on this podcast. So congratulations. Um, sure, make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts. If you want to leave a review, that shit is helpful, and I'll read it. Go ahead, throw some big words in there. I'll fucking sound them out real slow, real sexy too. Um, so yeah, go do that. Facebook page, that's a new thing. Go find that at Super Dope Pods. Join the Discord. Watch along Saturday night for that weird Tien and Chaozu movie. Chapter seventy three was a ball, yo. Can't wait for seventy four. Drop in July twenty first, I believe. So, um, probably getting repeat next week. Don't know. See, and then we're gonna start dropping the uh, the movies that we've been recording the last few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, word. This is uh, this has been a great time. Thank you guys. I appreciate y'all. Woo! To the America's birthday is on the way. And that's why I take a vacation. Sean. Though it's probably going to be a repeat and I might like do a little thing in the beginning. We'll see how I feel. Wow. Happy birthday, America. <laughs>